Hey, Amy. Yeah, Juan? Give me that beat! It's Baseball Shangri-La with Amy Cuevas and Juan Ramirez. Hey, party people. Welcome to another episode of Baseball Shangri-La. She is Amy Cuevas and I am Juan Ramirez. And let's get right to it. Uh, First of all, a big reminder, if you're watching us for the very first time on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can get notifications to when we drop our next episodes. Those of you listening on the audio portion, make sure you're following us on social media on X at BB Shangri-La, on Instagram, Threads, and Twitch at Baseball Shangri-La. So we're going to start the show the way we always start our show with our base running blunders. And this is the part of the show for you newbies. Whenever we make mistakes on previous shows, we call those base running blunders and we are here to correct them. So it has been brought to my attention. And I don't know if this falls as a base running blunder, Amy, but I'm going to treat it as so. It has been brought to my attention that I am a film snob. Uh, Some of our viewers and our listeners do not appreciate the fact that I am giving Amy a hard time because of her love in particular of Jaws 3D and or Jaws 3 as for for you young kids who were not aware that 3D was a thing back in the 80s. Uh, So I know a lot of people have called me an elitist, a film elitist, and that Amy is the champion of B-movies. One of our other listeners brought to my attention, and I think this is what happened, and this is my fault. He had brought up and said Hook is not in the same category as Jaws 3. And you're absolutely right. I was not (laughs) saying, I did not mean to give the impression that I was putting Hook, Steven Spielberg's major motion picture, in the same category as Jaws 3. That was not my intention. Uh, There are parts of Hook that I actually really enjoy. Like Dustin Hoffman's performance as Captain Hook is one of them. The reason why I don't like Hook is because the Lost Boys segment. It I it it just it just takes me out of the movie and I get it. It's a kids movie. It's meant to be that portion in particular is meant to play to kids and for me it just it doesn't it doesn't work for me and that's you're absolutely right. I am not sitting here and saying that book is on uh, that hook, excuse me, is on the same level as Jaws 3. But I am you here took to this tell- very, very personally, I might add. I, no, I did. I did take this very personal because I am not a, f- a film elitist. If anybody knows, I am a member of the Stallone's Club. Okay. I have a deep love for Sylvester Stallone and all his movies, in particular, the masterpiece, which is known as Cobra. I, I love that movie. That movie is ultra violent. Uh, I'm trying to uh, hold my laugh in so much that my eyes are actually tearing up. Continue. (laughs) And look, Stallone has made some movies that are on the level of Jaws 3. So I love, like, Stallone is a guilty pleasure for me. I have a friend who, you know, is a huge Steven Seagal guy. So that's the way I look at it. So I guess I just want to correct the record that I am not a film snob. I am not a film elitist. I am the founding member of the Stallone's Club. I love everything Stallone, and I'll watch it whenever it's on, on TV. Amy, I, I defer to you. Do you have anything to say on this subject? Hold on, I'm just going to grab my, I'm going to dust off my crown for my B-movie queen, queendom, and put that on. No, I I love movies. There are certain ones that, you know, I could I could give or take, but there there are just some out there, like you said, Guilty Pleasures. Jaws 3 is one of mine. I explained why in the last episode. Um, But I mean, there are some where like, I know you mock me for basketball, but I think if you can do dumb humor well, hey, kudos to you. I'm going to watch the movie. So, you know, to to each their own, no judgment. Um, But we at least I've, I've been having to fight your battles as far as, yes, he does actually like Robin Williams. He does think that Dustin Hoffman did a great job in Hook. So just so that, you know, I'm getting a little tired from having to, you know, throw all those punches and, and, and validate you. So, and, and for those of you who doubt that I actually like parts of hook, I'll leave you with this. 
your Peter, your Peter, your Peter Pan. Uh, <laughs> but Amy, could you explain to our viewers, our listeners, why you love Hook so much? Could it be that you have a sexual attraction to one Rufio? Is is that what's going on? Oh, dear Lord, not a sexual attraction. He is a child. <laughs> Uh, did there, I take it too far? Did I take it too far? <laughs> there, I mean, there may have been an incident <laughs> where I sent my my friends and family uh, a text that I did not read very well that had uh, bangering in it. Uh, and See, again, that's I, why I'm saying it. I'm not turning you into some creeper. It's just, I saw Rufio and it said bangerang and I'm like. And I was so excited. Me? I was like, I love the Hook movie. Like, I think it's uh, from my childhood. I saw it when I was a kiddo. And so when I saw that on, like, <laughs> whatever, I ended up texting out to you, to my brother, <laughs> to my best friend. It was just comical because I really should have stopped and read more closely. So, um, no, I do not have a fixation on Rufio, but I do like the movie. So there you I, I go. A little insight into us, guys, that has nothing to do with baseball. You're I, I, welcome. Or I'm I sorry. wish I could have seen the look on your face when you sent <laughs> that that message. And I just saw this uh, this face, this picture, this image of Rufio and Bangarang. And I'm just like, hello, hello. To be fair, he was in hook character. It's not like it was like some creepy photo. You're making it sound worse than it. He was literally dressed like he was in it was a scene from the movie. Oh my God, I'm never going to live this down. But the amount right, of text I'll, I'll... that I sent out in a flurry after that was um, unprecedented. So um, again, I, you're welcome for that story, guys. Or I'm sorry. <laughs> so on to uh, baseball things. Yeah, I guess the space running blender went a little too far and I made you reveal things that you didn't want. <laughs> we, we, went a little, we went a little too deep. My apologies to you, Amy. I'm I'm apologizing. You, you are now to you getting public. awarded with a, a full error now, sir. A full error. No, that's and I deserve it. I deserve it. I, I misled the public. <laughs> you know, look, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna even go this far. Okay. I went to the movie theater because they were doing, I believe it's the 40th anniversary uh, for this movie called Alligator, uh, which is a movie about a giant alligator that mutates in the sewer. And I remember that. I didn't walk over sewer grates in the sidewalk for years after that. Yeah, um, so take I, that. I'm a movie elitist. I went to the movie theater. There's a movie theater here that I love <laughs> called The Frida that was doing a special screening in honor of the 40th anniversary of Alligator. And I think Robert Fo Foster, Forster, excuse, is it Forster or Foster? Here comes another unforced air. Uh, I think he's great in it. And what's so funny is Amy and I both are fans of Jaws. The, the first one, the, the major motion picture. We bonded and over it, that in the press box. Alligator is a total ripoff of Jaws. And I think that's part of the reason why I love that movie. But I saw that movie in the movie theater and I looked at my wife and I said, I'm going to go see Alligator. Do you want to go? And she's like, you can go see that by yourself with the rest of the nerds. So I it's went to okay. the movie. It's okay. Nobody's judging you for alligator. It's fine. So I we go to the movie. I go to the movie theater by myself, and there was maybe about like maybe less than 10 people in the movie theater. And I get home and my wife says, Were there any girls there? And I was like, There was one girl. And she's like, she was totally dragged there by her boyfriend, right? And I was like, probably. So she's like, so she says to me, she goes, Were you the only person in the movie theater that had had sex? And I was just like, I don't know, but I'm not going to sit here and say that the virgins are the reason are the only people that are going to go see alligator. And Amy is shaking. For those of you listening on the audio portion, I have completely derailed this segment. A she, Amy is just shaking her head and she's just so embarrassed by me right now. I, I will say this to try to salvage this segment. Let us know what are your what are some of your favorite movies like actual good movies, but also let us know your guilty pleasure, your your B movie, whatever. Send us a comment, like uh, commiserate with us, because I'd be curious what else is out there. I've already some of the people that I chat with, some of our listeners um, have confirmed that Jaws three is not something that they watch or celebrate, and I completely respect that. But I am curious, like what are your guys's favorites? What are your guys's guilty pleasures? Let us know. 
I, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't want the segment for you to. I, I didn't want to do the segment so you could feel attacked. My my apologies. Amy. Oh, I don't. So I don't feel attacked. I still have my crown on. Do you see a glinting? Ting 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 ting. So let's go to the update desk here. And this is a segment where we update stories that we covered in past episodes. And we have new information on them. And one of the stories that we have been following very closely is the gondola. Uh, the gondola that is, there's a proposal to build a gondola from Union Station into Dodger Stadium. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with this, I would direct you to go watch our past episodes, in particular, uh, episode called LA Confidential 11 uh, and 12. Uh, Sorry, we I'm go ahead for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we, we address the gondola in more detail, but the update that we have, and this is as of Thursday. Uh, I don't know when you guys are watching or listening this, but at the time that we recorded this, the Metro Board of Directors voted 11 to nothing to advance the gondola project. Uh, now, with the exception of of Supervisor Han, they abstained. Oh, OK. Thank you for, very much for that clarification. Um, now, there's still further approvals that are required. Metro, L.A. City Council, Caltrans and State Parks. uh still need to uh, approve this. And now one of the things that I found interesting was at this hearing, basically all the people who spoke publicly at this hearing and not necessarily the board members, but they allowed people from the public to address the board members. The majority of the public speakers opposed this project. So I do find it a little disconcerting that the public is opposing this. And yet, the, the the board approved this un, almost unanimously, even though Han uh, abstained. Yes, Amy. Sir, sir, I have. Hey, guys, we have a primary election coming up. This is just a reminder: get out and vote, because we put these people in office. And to one's point, if if we have the public coming out and letting people know how they feel about it, and we have public officials that are either not listening or just you know pushing forward an agenda, make sure you go out there and vote. Have your voice heard. I mean, it doesn't guarantee that in something like this that that's going to to do anything, but at least we're doing our best as as citizens. I, I appreciate you because it does feel like to me it's shenanigans here where the board of directors almost unanimously vote this forward. Uh, I, I hope I'm wrong, but there is still this is still an ongoing thing. It's not final yet. It's not, you know, said in, because also we learned that there's an incoming lawsuit and that lawsuit is intended to either stop the gondo or at least minimum delay the project. Uh, and you know who's filing the lawsuit, right, Amy? Yeah, it's the L.A. Parks Alliance. They have a website, laparksalliance.org. Um, they, so they are going to file a lawsuit to invalidate the environmental impact report for McCourt's project in, you know, in conjunction with the gondola. There was a quote on Twitter. Um, I believe it was Street Blogs LA who actually posted it um, saying that the gondola would seize nearly two acres of public land, destroy more than 250 trees, displace wildlife, and permanently ruin uh, Los Angeles Historic Park's amazing vistas. So that's just coming from the park side. That's not even addressing the, the community portion. And I'm taking off my official hat in any capacity. And I just... As a as a human, as a Dodgers fan, um, I just I'm really disappointed by this because if the community opposes this so much, it makes me really sad that that we have officials that that aren't listening and we're putting forward a project that doesn't have any financial plan in place, and we haven't done uh, allegedly the the research that needs to be done to see what other alternatives there are, like the Dodger Stadium Express, expanding that, getting more stops along the way. Um, and we're just going to go forward with this project that isn't even going to guarantee to cut down on some of the ingress or or egress out of the station out of the stadium. So um, just as a person, just as me speaking for myself, like I'm really bummed about this. Well, one of the things that, I don't know, I don't know if you saw L.A. County Supervisor Ilda Solis, um, she wants the project to include private funds. And, and have those private funds be set aside should the gondola become irreparable or or it needs to be d dismantled. And she cited, and we brought this up in past episodes, she cited that Oceanwide Plaza building that's in downtown that was not completed, that has graffiti all around it, that people are 
I, I don't know what a hand gliding or what you call it, parachuting off of it. To me, I appreciate her saying this, but to me, this is just another red flag that you have to set aside funds because there is this, well, what happens if it breaks down? Because again, I know that they are doing this. They keep saying this is for Dodger Stadium, but they plan to use this for the Olympics. So what happens after the Olympics? We saw this in Atlanta with, during the Atlanta Olympics where they built all this housing and they used the housing to go ahead and house the athletes that were completing. And then the whole plan was after the Olympics that that housing was going to be made available to the public. And it ended up being a disaster over there. So, again, these are things that we, we need to pay attention. We need to be involved. If you guys are people who live in these districts that have these representatives there, these are things that, again, like Amy says, we can't just expect someone else to do the work. We have to do the work. We have to be willing to do the work ourselves. And, and, and we've already seen what happens, you know, what, what has happened in the past. And, and it looks like we're just doing that in another capacity. I have seen arguments online of, ah, oh, well, you know, people won't be parking in the stadium. It won't impact the neighborhoods, but, but it will because people will be parking all over in Chinatown. It's not like we're opening up some of those, um, more installations for people to go to. They're still going to go to the same place. So the traffic to get there, all you're doing is cutting down on getting into actual Dodger Stadium, which we have other ways to to accomplish that. And, you know, as of those those 20 or 31 conditions last week, um, there was insufficient consideration of alternatives to improve access to Dodger Stadium. So we're still moving forward without actually taking other other alternatives into consideration, which which is kind of a bummer. Amy, can you imagine if they they don't finish building the project or the gondolas stop working and they abandoned it and you have these giant towers through Chinatown, through that part of town, and they just become eyesores because one of them, I think pl plenty of them, block the view to the famous skyline of downtown. That's that, that mini documentary by Eric Kelly. If you find it on YouTube, they show the view that's going to be blocked on there. And so it, it not just the state historic park and losing, like the quote said, 250 trees, displacing wildlife. This is going up in people's neighborhoods in front of their houses. So you walk out your door, you have a, what is it? I can't remember the exact amount, but I think it's a, a 98 foot structure, 98 foot tall tower in front of your house whether it's running 18 hours a day or, you know, it's just there and it's left. Now I have this outside of my house. I it just, I can't even imagine what that must feel like. I would hate that in my neighborhood. And, and I'm, I'm just kind of beside myself that, that this is happening for just to get into the stadium when we do have other alternatives. And there was a condition regarding what you just mentioned, as far as if they don't get this built by the time the Olympics come around, um, which is a, a possibility, again, because uh, zero emissions has never, you know, taken on a project like this before. They don't have experience with aerial trams. Um, if they don't get it done, they're going to have to work with LA Metro to figure out a bus system to bus people in, which is exactly what we could be doing by moving whatever funds we might be putting towards this into the Dodger Stadium Express. So if that's the backup plan, and that actually doesn't impact the neighborhood. Why is that not the primary plan from the get-go? But again, what do I know? Uh, you know, Bill Shankin of the LA Times had a, a an interesting piece on this. And we, we I mentioned shenanigans because there are people, civilians, who knows who they are, that are advocating for the gondola. And Shankin's piece almost seems like these people are being bribed to support the gondola. Like they're giving them backpacks and the, like they're giving them stuff. But that documentary that you mentioned uh, with Eric Kelly um, there, they interview one of those people who is advocating for the gondola. And they ask her, they ask her and they go, look, and she's like, well, I think this is a good idea. And there's like, well, what if it was being built in your neighborhood? And she admits she's like, well, that's a different story. If it was if it was being built in my neighborhood, I'd feel differently about it. So that's the kind of I, I just feel like there's so many red flags to this. And that is that it, it's like it's 
if it happens to somebody else, it's okay. But if it happens to me, that's a problem. Right. Well, I mean, we see that play out every day. So don't we? <laughs> let me let me slide my soapbox back underneath my desk so that we can talk about baseball. <laughs> okay. We, we are going to talk a lot of baseball because the Dodgers and the Padres played uh, a spring training game. We're actually going to talk about an actual spring training game. Wait, guys. This is the first day of the baseball season, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. But we have baseball back. Like, happy first spring training day whenever you're listening to this. Now, before we actually talk about it, though, there is another story we need to update. We talked about this in our episode called Phantom Thread, the reaction about the new uniforms. And both Amy and I, when we first started talking about this story, I think we both had this feeling like this is much ado about nothing. What's the big deal? There's nothing we can change. And now and then, we're in the emperor's new clothes kind of stage. Literally, <laughs> literally, because ever since we recorded that episode, Amy, things have changed. We have the players complaining. We actually we're seeing examples of what these uniforms look like. On players. players association is involved now. They are fielding yes. the concerns of the players and actively trying to work with Nike to get a solution before opening day in what a month. <laughs> yeah. So it, it just keeps getting worse. Right. But I didn't think it could get worse than that. And then all of a sudden we saw pictures of the pants that the players are wearing and they look like they're see-through. Like, I am concerned that if these guys, I think there was a picture, and I don't know if this is real, and I don't know if you saw this, Amy, but there have been pictures posted on the internet. Somebody on the Padres, I don't know who it is, is bending over, and you can see, you know, their junk. I There's saw another one that wasn't bending over. They were sitting, and I think John Boy. That's the Giants. The Giants the, player, the right? The John Boy one posted, and they were like, this is nuts. And it's like, yeah. oh. <laughs> you see his nutsack. You see his nutsack. I, I, um, who is it? Uh, Rob Bradford posted a picture. One of the players had a baseball is boring patch on their shorts, and you could literally read it through the pants. <laughs> Yeah, th this is bad. Th th this is bad. So I want to give you guys to some be fair. To be fair, you did make a joke about Walker Bueller and Kike Hernandez, who traditionally like to have those tight yoga pants. I, I don't think it's a joke anymore. It's not. Funny. No. Well, didn't you tell me? Didn't you show me something this morning? Like the guys could just wear leggings out there now. Somebody posted on X that like the the guys should get those creative like um, compression pants. So like kind of like what women's leggings look like when you get all the the fun colors, the different characters. They should be wearing those underneath to at least like you know have some fun with it. So Stephen Nesbitt of The Athletic has actually been on this and has been covering this story. So we have some updates from him that he's reporting. And I think this this is serious. I, I know we kid around and we laugh because we're we're seeing players nutsacks and like the outlines of their junk. But there is genuine concern here because Nesbitt in his story in The Athletic is saying there's a pants shortage. There is a player pants shortage. and. Even Tony, Tony Clark, uh, the president of the Players Union, has expressed concern uh, about this. And and it seems like the biggest concern is the pants. So what Wait, Tony but these were these were thoroughly tested, like if they were tested more than any other uniform before, <laughs> wouldn't we have stockpiled them by this point? Are you calling Manfred a liar? Is that what's going on here, Amy? I would never say that. I'm just saying, well, shouldn't if they're tested, shouldn't we have a stockpile? Because we've already tested them. Look, they're I don't know if you I, I don't know if you saw this, but from that same story, a player told Tony Clark, the president of the union, that he might have to go to Dick's Sporting Goods for spare pants. And that's what Tony Clark was saying is that there is a supply chain problem. Uh that's just the latest that we've heard, Amy. But I I it's just I find it so funny that. Just a few episodes ago, we were talking about Manfred when he announces that he's stepping down in 2029 and what is this legacy and that we we said, well, he's going to be remembered for the Astros. Well, if this he might be remembered for guys for wearing pants. leggings for, for the pants, for the nutsacks that we see, the, the outlines of the junk like I just it, this <clears> seems like such an unforced error. 
Like, how the hell was this allowed to happen, Amy? It wasn't. They were tested thoroughly, more thoroughly than any other pant has been tested before. Like, to be fair, though, Amy, is this the blame of Major League Baseball or is this Nike outsourcing this to fanatics who did not have the greatest reputation to begin with? I mean, I think the blame falls along the line. Like it's, it's on Nike, it's on fanatics, but ultimately who gave them that contract? You, the, you're still accountable for that. So if, if the people that you entrusted with the care of this cannot provide a quality product to the point where Shohei Otani is taking pictures for, for photo day and everybody's like, wow, you can see him in Yamamoto's like tucked in shirt and thank you know, basically thank God that's there. Like, I don't know how this happens when there should be quality control and there should be accountability. And it, yes, it does fall on the people who made it, but it also falls on the people who, who had that contract put in place. Let me tell you, when I saw those pictures of that Padres player and then the guy with the Giants, I was expecting you to send me a text message saying bangarang. I, I really was. I, I was almost, I almost did. And then I was like, no, this is serious. We're not sending bangarang on this. Like this is, this is an emergency. So th that's it so far from the update. These are stories, I guess, that we're going to continue to cover. Anytime we have updates, we will go ahead and bring it to you. Uh, before we actually talk about the action on the field, Amy, I know you were very excited to see this, but the Oscar Hernandez posted a video a few days ago of him teaching Shohei Otani how to speak Espanol. And I always had this belief that Shohei already knew how to speak Spanish. But Amy, when I heard Shohei talk Spanish, I was just like, he's speaking that clean. Like his accent is clean. He doesn't, he is not like the Dr. Beecham. Yo quiero ser studentista. It's not, it's like coming out of there fluently. And I know when you saw that video, you sent it and you were just like, I love this so much. What, what did you love about it, Amy? I, I love the camaraderie. I love the, like, so last season we got to see Peralta, um, Rojas, like, they kind of, they took the lead with the the social media videos from, you know, the social media team, like, looped them in. They, their videos to me were fun, exciting. They made the game just that much better on the side. Like, we got to see behind the scenes where they're all playing around. And I feel like uh, Teoscar kind of took that on this time. And, and he did it. So aside from just seeing Shohei speak Spanish, like seeing him, Teoscar, play with the guys, like even when Shohei's taking pictures, he's like saying stuff to him or Yamamoto. And like, this is what I love about baseball. The, like these are the, th we need to see more of this. And it just, it makes me get excited, not only about the game, but about this team. And to me, it brings that humanity that I love about this game so much. I don't know. What did what did you think when you saw it beyond just the the Spanish? Because they released that first 20 minute video with Shohei and um, Yamamoto uh, saying buenos dias. Um, and then they had like the rest, the one minute, 30 second or whatever video of like the whole transition through the day that that the Oscar kind of took and talked with other players. What did you think? I, I, you know, I was already excited about the Oscar just because of what he could do on the field and especially in this lineup, because the guy has put up impressive numbers in his previous spots and he's coming off of a down year with the Mariners, so to speak, but he still hit like 26 home runs. So, and that's in a ball, a ballpark that is not home run friendly coming to Dodger stadium and being put in this lineup. And Dave Roberts the other day said, he expects the Oscar to hit in the middle of the lineup. I was very excited, but to see how he is, and this is this is something I'm wondering if you're seeing this already, Amy. In past years, it feels like this team has been very businesslike. Like they show up, and I know you brought this up to last year when you brought it up. Like once they started doing the Freddie celebration, you thought, hey, you know. This team's finally loosening up and showing. Come on, guys. I, Let's just loosen up. <laughs> right. So they feel very businesslike. But I feel already this year, like James Outman was saying that uh, he was trying to speak a little bit Japanese because he had a friend, uh, you know, who taught him, you know, certain words in Japanese. But it seems like this team already has a personality. What that personality is, 
I don't know, but it feels like this. And I'm maybe that's what's contributing to the excitement. Not only do you have like this impressive roster on here, but I feel like I want to see everything that this these, these guys do because we're seeing like personalities out there. I think this is all good for baseball. I want I want more content like this. I like when they those few videos that Peralta and Rojas did were like those were amazing. I want more of that. And if you know they're gonna all pass around and and do that, I think that's I, I just think it's great. Like I watched that I must have watched that video on loop and I literally just sat there grinning. Like this this is amazing. This is what warms my my Dodger blue heart. And like I want to see more content like that. I think getting the guys to open up even the fact that we left some of those parts in spanish let them let them speak in spanish let them speak in english whatever whatever their first language is like they're communicating with each other that it, it was just nice to see guys at ease um one of our listeners reached out and was just like you know we were talking about the freddy dance last year like what do we think now that this team is starting to gel like what do we even think they're going to come up with for this year like they've got to have something where, you know, when they get on base, they they do their celebrations. We may not see it right away, but it's kind of it's it's interesting to think about, like, what are what are these guys going to pull out of their hat, you know, this season? No, I, I, I and that's that's the thing. I, I was just that I wasn't expecting for the Oscar. I really just uh, I wanted to see him on the field. What that's where I thought his biggest contribution was going to be was on the field. But to see how he is just we saw this last year with Miguel Rojas, like Miguel Rojas seemed to have been the, the spokesman for the team. You could always get a quote out of Miguel Rojas. And I feel like guys like that, when you have guys like Miguel Rojas and you have the Oscar, they just take off the pressure. Like we don't need to get a quote from Otani. Right. And, and I feel like whenever we do get a quote now from Otani, it's going to play even much bigger because the internet almost broke when when Otani came out there and was like fanatico, you know, buenos dias, and then Yamamoto, you know, it's just like I'm it's like always... the anti-Rendon. <laughs> oh, here we go. And poor Anthony Rendon. But that's what I want to see because you know, for the most part, and I and I hate to speak in stereo and stereotypes, but for the most part, you know, you both you and I go to Dodger Stadium a lot, and we believe that the majority of the, the people in that stadium are Latinos, whether they be Mexican or Salvadoreños or Guatemaltecos, you know, it seems like the majority of that stadium are, are Latinos. And I know it's going to be a little different this year with Shohei and especially Yamamoto. We're probably going to see more Asian fans in the stands. I'm so excited to see how that blend, how that's all going to mesh together. And I think it's so great because, again, this speaks to the power of sports, where else in sports do you have this kind of mixture? I mean, I want to rem remind everybody we have, this is the organization that had Jackie Robinson. This is the organ organization that broke the color barrier. And this is also an organization that brought you Fernando Valenzuela, you know, and somehow maybe we can learn the lessons that we see on the, on the field and apply it to, to society maybe that's me being a pollyanna here but i i'm excited and i don't think i've ever been excited about what goes on off the field as much as what goes on on the field like it's always been what matters to me is what's on the field but like you said this year i kind of want to see that kind of content and i feel like shohei otani is totally embracing the fact that he's that he's a superstar and i guess that's what I'm seeing from the rest of the team. They're, they're doing a lot of events to like build team bonding. Like they had a golfing event earlier this year. They had that wings thing where they went to go eat wings in spring training, but it, it feels like they are just embracing all the intent, the attention that they got in the off season. Like they built the Avengers, right? But so they're like, of, they're in their own protected bubble too. They're with each other. So they're like, they're bolstering each other. Like when, when Teoscar was making that video, he wasn't like, okay, give me the camera. Let me do, let me do my part for this. He was smiling. That was part of the reason I was smiling was you could see the joy. And I think for me, 
sometimes, and I think we talked about this on the last episode, it feels like many people try to be negative about the, or maybe they're not trying. They're, they're just very negative about the sport or they're finding something wrong with somebody. And for me, it's like, I want to find that joy because baseball is a unifier to me. Baseball is honestly, sometimes it's, it's just life to me. And so seeing him, he like personifies everything I love about this game. He's finding the joy. He's got that like little kid excitement mentality. And then he's also taking it to the field, which we'll talk about in a second when we get to the the first game um, wrap up. But like, that's the stuff I want to see. That's that's what I'm hoping kind of shifts the game where we're not picking at players for like, oh, you you know, you made all these errors or, you know, you could have done better. Like nobody wants to hear that from your parents, your boss, your friends, your family. Why are we bringing that into the sport? Let's be more like the Oscar and, and the rest of the team and let's gel and let's focus on the positive. All right. I took your Pollyanna mantle and I ran with it. So sorry. <laughs> no, but I you brought up a very ex- excellent point and I, I hope it's not lost on anybody is it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like, hey, the Oscar, we need you to do this. It's like, all right, I'll do it and I'm going to have fun with it. And I don't think that was there from everyone like last year you're right it was Peralta it was Rojas it seemed like those guys were the ones that were doing it but this year it just feels like all the team is involved in it and that it it, it, you've always said this right bro do you even like baseball this seeing this kind of stuff makes me feel like dude these guys like baseball and and you're right whether this is fair or not it is the anti-Anthony Rendon. Meanwhile, you're, he's being asked, do you even want to be here? Is baseball even a priority? That's not the vibe that you're getting in Dodgers camp. Mind you, uh, total uh, non sequitur off topic, but I was supposed to ask you that about the movie section. So do you even like movies, bro? All right, I got it out. <laughs> All right, that's right, that's right. All I right, do like movies, course. damn it. Back on course, we're back on course. I'm a part of the Stallone's <laughs> Club, damn it. The Stallone's <laughs> Club forever. Uh, Amy, we actually had a baseball game today. No longer do we have to talk about Shohei Otani's batting practice or, or Yamamoto's his, or his bullpen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. or his pants. We could actually, and it, I, I... I can't believe that I was so excited to watch the spring training game. And um, let me tell you, the Dodgers rewarded us with that first inning. I took a lunch. Like, I scheduled my lunch at work just so that I could see the first inning. And I was not disappointed. It felt like redemption for that first inning in game one of the postseason. Where it yeah. was like, oh, you want to score on us? Okay, well, we're going to score on you in our first game. And Everybody, I mean, we batted around in the first inning. Um, everybody got a hit or a walk. Um, everybody scored except for one player. Um, who, and, who is it? Go ahead. Let's just get it out of the way. No, I don't want to get it out of the way. I know you don't like to be negative, but I don't want to be negative. Everybody did great. They tried their hardest. Yay. Right, T-ball trophy for everyone. All right. Um, she doesn't want to mention the great Mexican American champion, Austin Barnes, but. <laughs> He yeah. did. He did get a hit today, though. He just he went hitless in his first two at bats. Um, but he did get a he hit. Struck later in out the game. in his first two at bats. Yeah, he did. <laughs> um, but he did get a hit later. So, good job for him. <laughs> Yay, him. Uh, so I I just want to recap a couple of things. Uh, I had mentioned that I was excited about the Oscar and and this and primarily what he was gonna do on the field for the Dodgers. And in that first inning, he had a two run double. And one of the things that I was always told about the Oscar Hernandez going into it is like, yeah, he's going to hit you home runs. He's going to get you RBIs, but that guy strikes out a lot. And so we got a preview of that in today's game. So in that first at-bat, he got a two-run double. It was great. And then his next two at-bats, he struck out. So I think that's probably what we're going to see from him the whole season if he is true to it, the back of his baseball card. So did other players. Um, just to keep that in mind, I mean, I, I think for a first game to win 14 to one, 
I, th I think they did pretty good. Um, Mookie walked. CT3 got the first hit of the season of the, the opener. Um, these guys did such a great job. Gavin Stone had a great inning. I think somebody posted earlier on Twitter uh, that Dave Roberts had mentioned in the scrum that he had been tipping pitches last year. And so they have mm -hmm. corrected that. And he had a he had a one, two, three inning. He struck out Tatis, the, the first batter. Um, and then he got the other, the other two, one flew out, one, um, one popped out. I, I, I am going to get your nerd alert ready. I was so excited about the game and I missed part of it because I was at work that afterwards I went and you can't see it because of the green screen. I went back and scored part of it. Yeah. For those of you listening on the audio nerd alert, uh, she just, she held up her scorecard. She <laughs> actually has a physical scorecard. This is how this woman keeps score. All right. And I've seen her at Dodger games when she's not in the press box filling out a scorecard. She is that much of a nerd, ladies and gentlemen. She she embraces the her nerdiness and she keeps score. She physically keeps score at the games. You know, one of the things I did hear that story about Gavin Stone tipping pitches. And I if that is the case, I hope they do rectify it because I know they have high expectations. And he looked really good, I thought, in that first inning. Uh, the other thing that I noticed is he looks like he's put on muscle. Like he, like last year, he looked like a, a, a skinny kid to me. But this year, like in that first inning, I, he looked like a man. Like he, well, he, he, you got to come back from from that first season. And I mean, he didn't have a bad season, but you know, he was a, he was a rookie. I mean, I guess I don't know if he gets considered that still this year. I think he played the whole year, so. Sometimes, yeah. like, partial years always throw me off. I'm like, are we still giving them rookie status? Are we not? Um, but, I mean. That's, that's a good question. Uh, did he play enough games, and would he still be considered? Well, you know what? He was still listed on the top prospects on some on some of the people's list this year. So maybe he would qualify for rookie. Of the and that's year. where it gets me on some of those technicalities. Where I'm like, eh. Um, I'm just trying to see. Uh, rookie status is still intact through 2024. So, hey, new little tidbit. Um, yeah, yeah. Do, do, do. And look, <laughs> he, he got up to 96 miles per hour today on his first outing. And this is a guy that I don't think high velocity was in his repertoire. He's known more for his changeup. And he, he his changeup looked like the changeup that people were talking about last year that didn't show up consistently. But, and look, I understand that this is a small sample size. He only threw one inning, but I, I think this guy has a lot to, he, if he has a good spring, he's going to be the one that's probably going to benefit the most. And this is why I root for some of these rookies um, to have good springs because it improves their chances to make it to the bigger league, but to the major leagues. But it also is some of these guys may be trade chips because we, we don't know how health wise this team is going to be throughout the year. And the Dodgers may need to make a move. And so when so you have, you actually ahead. bring something up. One of the listeners reached out to me and they were, you know, giving their, since we're starting spring training and we're about to start the season, like how many games do you think, the Dodgers are going to win for the season. So they they were upwards of like 110 games. Um, I, I'm just curious, do you have kind of an idea of where you think the team will be once they finish the season? Not necessarily spring training, but just like how many games do you think? Just estimating, Juan, how many do you I, think? I think, I think they're going to win 104 games. I, I think I think what's going to happen, I, I won't go as high as 110. Uh, I think what's going to happen. Get out of my head. <laughs> Did you, is that what you went with? You, I said, wanna... I said 105 plus or minus. Okay. <laughs> so so you, you pulled the prices right on me. Okay. You went one <laughs> higher. Okay. I, I get it. I said plus uh, or minus. We're kind of tied, kind of not. <laughs> I, I'm still very concerned about health. Uh, mm -hmm. But I also think uh, as the season, as they get to the end of the season, if they end up clinching, they may take their foot off the pedal. Um, but I, I do just, if this team does with all the additions, if they do on paper what they're supposed to do, man, this this team is going to be at least in the regular season. I think they're gonna they're gonna win a lot of games. So 100, I, I hundred games at least. So yeah. uh, 
I would be curious since, you know, somebody already reached out to me. Hey, guys, what do you guys think? Like, what are what are your projections before this season really gets underway and we get swayed by spring training? I know those games don't count. But, like, where do you think people are going to be? Like, let us know. Like, what are your projections for the season? Well, I know Pakoda had them at 102. So, I, okay. yeah, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, people that are high on the Dodgers, at least during the regular season. But, you know, I had mentioned young guys and wanting to do them well. Andy Pajes, uh, he had a two run single today. Uh, I'm very interested to see what he does this spring because he's coming off of that shoulder injury. And I think he's blocked in the outfield, but. If that dude has a good spring again, he he becomes a trade chip. And I I I feel bad that I'm just like, I hope these guys wow. are good so the Dodgers can trade them away. We don't want any but, dust to gather on them. Jeez. But I, I mean, but it's also I'm like this, this guy's been in the system for a while now, and it's like he deserves an opportunity to play. And I just don't know if he's gonna get it here uh, with the Dodgers because of how stacked they are. Well, and even just with the invitees that we had, um, Kevin Padlow had the first home run of the of the season. Like he smashed that ball out of the out of the stadium. Like that, he. I mean, these guys had a good first game. Which, again, I know they don't technically count, but like to go fourteen and one against the Padres, um, all of the pitchers have a zero ERA. Alex Vesia, I I give him some wiggle room because Cronenworth, <laughs> you know. He he hit a home run off of him, but I mean, aside from that, like, still, like these guys did great for their first game. Nine pitchers pitching an inning each. Like we got to see Stone, Grove, Venasco, Vesia, um, Elias. I hope I don't butcher his name. Eliezer Hernandez, um, Stephen Gonzalez, Kevin Gowdy, Eduardo Salazar, and and John Rooney. So to get a pitcher an inning and still hold the the Padres to just one run and off of a home run at that. That's a that's a pretty good start. Good job, guys. Yeah, poor Vesia. He got some lefty on lefty crime there. Um, you know, one of the other things that I want to go into is, did you? By the way, did you have uh, Kevin Padlow on your bingo card as hitting the first home run in Dodger spring training? So, chat thread, and a couple of us were all like, "Wait, who is Kevin Padlow?" I, I first <laughs> to admit, I didn't even know who he was. So when he smashed that ball, I was just like, "Who is this kid?" Like, great job. I, I mean, he, I mean, it was a two-run homer. So good for him. Don't be too honest, Amy. The people they're going to go after you for admitting that you know you didn't know who Kevin Padlow that I, was. That I'm human. Perish the thought. <laughs> uh, I want to. I want to end the show on this. Um, Gavin Lux. I know he was asked a lot how it felt. He he was playing DH today, but what I thought was very interesting. He didn't. He went hitless uh, today. But I think this was a psychological win for Gavin Lux, and I'm curious to. S oh no! It says he got a hit on the box score. Oh, he did. My bad. Yeah. There's a base running blunder for you. Yeah. So he had two at bats, one run, one hit, um, no RBIs. He had one um, one walk and one strikeout. Are we counting that? Hmm. I I missed his hit, but I I think it's a bigger psychological win for him just because. That his injury was a year ago, almost to the date, if it was not to the date, but it was in that same stadium where he got hurt. And so for him to play, I know he said after the game that it just felt good for him to be out there and, and moving around and being a part of the game. I know a, a lot is expected for him from him because, you know, he is going to be the shortstop. I think people trust his bat. I think people are still concerned about what his glove is going to look like there. Um, I do expect a lot of late inning replacements of Gavin Lux with Miguel Rojas, which was going to be, I think the original plan last year was that Lux or, you know, would get the majority of the time at short and then Rojas would just come in to, to finish the game. Uh, what did, what were your this thoughts on Gavin stud. Lux? Um, so I didn't get to see much of him. Um, and I'm going to salvage your base running blunder right now. So he, he singled in the top of the fifth. So technically you don't get a full error for that. <laughs> no, I'll take, I'll take the air that, that, that's my bad. That's my bad. 
Um, I didn't get to see too much of him because, like I said, uh, I had to go back to work at some point. And so um, I'm hoping to rewatch the game later because <clears throat> I want to see everything that happened and get to get to see what that first game looked like. But I, I think if he gets to be the everyday shortstop and then you have Rojas spelling him, I don't I don't think you can go wrong there because Rojas is a stud shortstop like he was taking um he was fielding the other day and all of his you know all of the the teammates are, were around like oh my gosh like he's he's doing such a great job he was like doing flourishes like catching the ball leaping in the air and throwing it so like i think if you have those two teamed up at shortstop like i don't think you can go wrong there uh just gonna finish up with these last notes uh landon knack is going to be pitching for the dodgers on friday uh, and we're going to see Tyler Glass now on Saturday against the Angels in Tempe. Um, and then Shohei Otani, we got to make an obligatory Shohei Otani reference. He is not going to be playing this weekend. Uh, and it seems like Shohei makes his own schedule and the Dodgers are perfectly fine with that. I'm pretty sure when you give somebody $700 million, that's the understanding is that you're going to do whatever you want. Uh, Shohei's but Shohei's gonna show hey, pretty much. Shohei's gonna show. Oh, oh, I see what you did there. You're gonna make that happen now. Shohei's <laughs> gonna show hey. Um, we did, we were told that Yamamoto's next outing will actually be in a game in a Cactus League game. He threw another bullpen on Thursday. So, so far, rave reviews from Yamamoto's bullpen. Like everybody's been saying his stuff is nasty. I, for one, is going to be very, very excited to see him in an actual game facing live hitters and seeing what he looks like. Um, I know this was a jam-packed show. We covered a lot of stuff. Uh, Amy, as always, uh, we're going to go to you. Do you any last words? Fix the pants. Please fix the pants. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I taught Juan new things today. <laughs> and this is why it's important. If you're not, if you're, I understand if you have to listen to the audio, but if you're watching on YouTube, I just gave you guys some gold right there. Mm. But again, here comes the reminder. If you're on the audio, please subscribe. Make sure you follow us on our social media. So you get the updates on when we drop our, our next episodes on X. You can follow us at BB Shangra LA on Instagram and threads and Twitch. We are at baseball Shangra LA. Uh, if you're on the YouTube and you're just coming across us, please leave us comments. You leave us reviews. It's going to help get spread the word. We're still early. We're in spring training. We hope that by the time the season starts, I think by the time the season starts, we're, we may be going live. We're going to do some lives. I think that's, that's what the, the plan goal. is, right? Yep. Right, Amy. Yep. We're and we're in our rookie season, so you guys are coming along on the journey with us. And we can't thank you enough for for your support. So, the and for all of you who reach out to us now, sorry, I cut you off, one, but like all of the messages that we get, things that kind of drive some of the stuff that we talk about, I just thank you guys. I I so appreciate all of you. I'm sure Juan does too. I don't want to speak for him, but but thank you. It means a lot. Yes, I, I, ditto what everything Amy said. So. <laughs> This has been another episode of Baseball Shangri-La, Shangri-LA, Shangri-La. Maybe it would help if I get the show its name right, right? Here I am <laughs> saying, hey, you know, we want more fans. Baseball Shangri-LA. She is Amy Cuevas. I am Juan Ramirez. Amy, say goodbye to the people. Goodbye, people. Adios.